Hello. Welcome to A Serious Radio Live, the hour of truth with Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. A very warm welcome to our regular listeners and those who are new to A Serious Radio Live, brought to you on Body, Mind, Spirit Radio every third Tuesday monthly at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. UK Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time. A Serious Radio Live invites you to discover the cosmic message for this age revealed through legendary master of yoga and world-renowned medium Dr. George King between 1954 and 1997. Be prepared for another amazing show covering fascinating topics such as karma, UFOs, the Mother Earth, the New World, the Next Master, life on other planets, and much, much more. Today on A Serious Radio Live, your host, Richard Lawrence, will be talking on a very deep and thought-provoking subject, unconditional surrender to God. He is joined by his wife, Alison Lawrence, who is an international director of the Ethereum Society and a popular international presenter of lectures and workshops. Her most recent lecture, Mysteries of the Chakras, given in London, is, I understand, now available on CD. So, without further ado, I give you Richard Lawrence with Alison Lawrence. Thank you very much, Nikki. Thank you. And uh, hello, Alison. Well, hello. Hello. <laughs> well, uh, a last a time, time I saw you was lunch. <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, Chrissy is unable to, to be with us uh, for this particular show, and Alison has stepped in, and it's it's very good to have you here, Alison, on this show. Well, it's, it's really um, nice to be back. Thank you. And I know you've been on quite a few shows with Chrissy, uh, but never with myself, so this is a first for us. Yes, it is indeed. <laughs> and, of course, the whole show is, is being broadcast on this occasion, unusually, from London, and, uh, in fact, it's a bit of a hub of activity in the Ethereum Society at the moment at the European headquarters here in Fulham in London because we have um, some amazing events coming up this weekend, uh, which I think it'd be good to just mention, uh, a bit of hot news, if you like. Uh, we have with us already Frank McManus, who's the organiser of our New Zealand branch, our very, very important New Zealand branch, uh, who's come over. He's been here for a couple of days. He's staying for another uh, 10 days, I'm pleased to say. And while he's here, he's going to be consecrated as a bishop in the Aetherius churches. We, we have very few bishops, and he's going to be one of them. And it'll be really good to have Frank. We already have a bishop in New Zealand, uh, Ray Nielsen, um, and he is uh, retired on health grounds, but he's obviously still very much a bishop. But Frank will be taking the mantle up on Saturday, won't he, Alison? Yes, uh, it's a, a real gathering of the clans over here it in is. London. And uh, yep. it, it's going to be wonderful to see everybody, to, because we're one organisation, we're one society. And uh, when we all get together like this, I think it really shows the, the brotherhood and the friendship that we have you know, for one another. Absolutely. And about an hour ago, 
we welcomed Dave Capraro from another extremely important branch, the Michigan branch, known very well to many Ethereum Radio Live listeners, because that's where Chrissy, of course, is from. And Dave has uh, organized that branch for decades. And this is his first trip to the UK. We're thrilled to have him here. He's also being honored in a ceremony on Sunday here. Uh, we've got Brian uh, Kniep and, and Liesel Butcher, two international directors, flying in tomorrow. Uh, we have our bishop from Ghana, Robert Aqua, coming on Thursday. That's just some of the people who are, who are gathering, as you say, Alison. It's a real gathering of the clans. Yes, it? it is. Yes. It really is. And uh, what it's all about, as far as we're concerned, all of us worldwide, is renewal. Those who can't be here are are very much with us in spirit and doing their own very important activities in different parts of the world. And it's a time of renewal, of brotherhood, and uh, in our role of global salvation that we talk about so often. And, And also, I think, a... In a way, you might say a sanctification of this great thing that we now call King Yoga, Alison. Yes, I, absolutely. I mean, this is what Dr. King did. He, he, he took all, used all his experiences through his practice of yoga and uh, the, his uh, innate wisdom and also uh, some of the, uh, the information and practices given from cosmic sources. And he, it's all been put together so that it becomes a path for the new age. And this is really what the Ethereum Society is all about. We are heading towards the new age and we are preparing the world for the next master, ultimately. Indeed. And rightly, we've put, through King Yoga, we've put Dr. King right at the heart and the center where he belongs of everything that we do and everything that we practice because without him, we wouldn't have the Ethereum Society as we know it, anyway, uh, or anything like it, really. And no. so over the last um, few months here on Ethereum Radio Live, we've been focusing on some of, if you like, the keys, his, his, his unique, I won't say selling points, uh, teaching points, you might say, um, that he has introduced yes. and demonstrated you know, in, in his fantastic pattern. Um, so we started off with solving the spiritual energy crisis. That was key one. And then we went on to repaying our debt to the Mother Earth, um, and then serving the world as a whole, um, manipulating your karma, one of the absolute uh, unique standpoints that Dr. King put on this law, which he understands and lives uh, so brilliantly and demonstrated when he was I on mean, Earth. I mean, he, he really took uh, the concept of karma yoga to a new level. And Absolutely. what it shows is that we can change our karmic pattern. Nothing is set in stone. And that no. is, I think it's so important for everyone to have that understanding and realization. True. So those were four of the keys. And then the fifth one was uh, last month was become a fighter for spirituality because as Dr. King described himself, he was a born fighter. Uh, even though he was a conscientious objector in, in the Second World War, he, he was a fighter for spirituality always and uh, uh, absolutely fearless. And oh, so we yes. focused on that. Question. Yeah. Yeah. And now this this time we're coming on to our sixth and it's the final one in this particular series and it's the highest one and the most advanced and 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 the most perhaps difficult to really live if we're honest although Dr King has given us a fantastic pattern in this respect and that is unconditional surrender to God. 
and we're going to, Alison's uh, kindly agreed to, to read and help comment on some extracts from one of our publications, Operation Sunbeam, God's Magic in Action. And not because we are particularly focused this month anyway on Operation Sunbeam, we're always should be focused to some degree on Operation Sunbeam, but oh, yeah. it's not about that. What it's about is Dr. King used that to, in that particular publication, he gave this fantastic teaching and he attributed it in his humility uh, all to unconditional surrender to God. And that was probably his greatest inspiration, you might say, and, and his greatest invention, which inspired the galaxy. And he said, as we'll hear, it was all thanks to unconditional surrender to God, which all of us, he said, can and should practice in our lives in different ways. And uh, we'll be coming on to that in a moment. Yes, we'll go through different aspects of it. <laughs> Indeed. But before we do, I'd just like to remind everyone of this, these words, uh, because I think they're very fitting that uh, Dr. King taught in a, a self-development class that he gave uh, in 1966, actually. And it's very interesting, and it applies to King Yoga and particularly to these keys that we're focusing on on Ethereum's yeah. Radio Live. So if I could just read this extract here, and it's the words of Dr. King, and he said this, There is a karmic link between a teacher and a pupil. If a pupil really advances, then they can and do take into themselves more and more of the higher attributes of that teaching. This is an absolute fact, and of course there's a statement too, that when the pupil is ready, that the teacher appears. And this too is an absolute fact. The teacher has to, by law, take the next step with those pupils who are ready. And if he cannot do so, then the right teacher is brought along to be able to do so. This is one of the laws of karma. It's greater than all of us. It's greater than the world. It's greater than the solar system and even the suns because it's one of the great laws. We've known about it for thousands of years on earth. It appertains only on this earth, not only on this earth, but all inhabited planets throughout this galaxy anyway. When the pupil is ready, the teacher does appear. In other words, when the pupil is ready for the next essential step onwards, they will be able to take that step. They will be helped in one way or another to take that step. Well, they, they karmically deserve that opportunity. <laughs> yes, indeed. And reading on from Dr. King, a student does begin to absorb some of the deeper aspects of the teachings and some of the deeper aspects of the teacher too. That's the point I really wanted to stress. This well, too is a fact. Oh, okay. Go on, yoga. Could you uh, comment yes, on those I, I words? I was going to uh, say, I'll... yes, absolutely. In fact, it is a very ancient yogic tradition that uh, the, the pupils, uh, the students, had to uh, meditate on their master and try and visualize their master. They because did. then they would, that would help them to absorb some of the attributes. Indeed, and I think that's, what, that's a very good point. And I think that's one thing that... King Yoga will encourage us to do, which is to focus more on the source and the master, who really who brought all this knowledge, either as primary terrestrial mental channel or indeed, and this is the aspect we're focusing on in these keys, through himself. But let me just read the final part of what Dr. King said there. He said this, yes. If you study diligently under a teacher who's any good at all, and you really study diligently, whether you come into physical contact with that individual or not, you begin to absorb some of his higher knowledge, which he may not have imparted to you by word of mouth, 
This is a fact too, and all these things have been proven throughout the years. The yogis knew about them thousands of years ago, and the same law applies today that did then. So th that's the extra, Alison, that I just wanted yes. to draw our listeners' it's, attention it's wonderful to. wonderful and inspiring. And also mm. it's inspiring for future generations who come to the Ethereum Society who won't have known Dr. King. That even no. by meditating on, on his qualities, on his knowledge, that they will be able to absorb some of this into their yes. higher consciousness. Indeed, and hopefully these keys that we're offering will help you to do that and help you to get a grasp of the essence of what he demonstrated and what he taught and what he is and was. And I want to stress that one point he made there. Whether you come into physical contact with the individual or not, I mean, you could be a follower of um, the Lord Buddha. Uh, you don't, you know, he, he wasn't physically on earth. He's very much on earth as it happens now. But you, yes, you wouldn't have, you know, he wasn't physically incarnate as a ter in a terrestrial body. He hasn't been in that form for over two and a half thousand years. That's not the point, though. If you come into contact, if it was meant to be that you followed his teaching, you would make a link with him, and you could make a link with him through absorbing and studying and practicing his teaching. In this day and age, we're recommending, above all other paths, of course, as we would on Ethereus Radio Live, the Ethereus Society. And well, through yes. that, you come into contact with, with Dr. King. I agree. I couldn't agree more. Good, good, good. Yeah. So... Let's get started then on, on Unconditional Surrender to God. So I just repeat, these are extracts from the book, which you can easily obtain through, through our website, Operation Sunbeam, God's Magic in Action. So Alison, would you like to read the first one, please? Yes, with pleasure. Imagine the karmic power which Operation Sunbeam must wield to have that much effect on the karmic pattern of humanity. There has to be some secret behind designing an operation which has that much spiritual power attached to it. There is a secret behind it. The secret is an amazingly simple one. Unconditional surrender to God. Yes, that, that's, I think, very humble of the Master. There's no ego there at all. He's attributing it all to his surrender to God. And this is his... So one of, if not his greatest accomplishment, his greatest, uh, was well, certainly invention uh, that we know of um, while he was among us. And I think that's worth stressing because this is not something that was channeled through him or given to him by the cosmic masters. Uh, in fact, that is one of the karmic secrets behind it, the very fact that it was invented by someone in an earth physical body, not given to him by a higher source, but actually invented by him using his brain. And he did it, and people will be surprised to hear, not in deep samadhi, in a cave and in retreat. He invented it, as he told me once anyway, while having a drink in the evening, and yet he came up with this absolute cosmic game-changer of a mission, and he says... It was, uh, well, he was directed by his own higher self. He wasn't there being directed by another source to do this other than himself and, in fact, as he would say, other than God. So, uh, as we mentioned when we did key number two, repaying our debt to Mother Earth, the, the knowledge that he had, I'm sure, uh, I do believe, must have been gained in another place at another time. I mean, he must have known 
about planets, about the logoi of planets, what they require, yes. what could be done. And, of course, on other planets, they do think they do their missions and send energies to the Earth, more advanced ones do. But it was the fact that he was came up with an idea for people like us to do it and enabled us to do it. And he said this could only have been done by his unconditional surrender to God. But it's interesting. Uh, you see, he gives this wonderful description of cosmic consciousness, and that's published mm -hmm. in The Nine Freedoms. And when he was in this heightened state, which we can only imagine, he could feel the suffering of the Mother Earth. And that is really what propelled him to come up with a way to repay some token debt. You know, I mean, what we owe the earth is immeasurable yes. you know, the way we've vandalized the planet for millions of years really Indeed. and as you Indeed. say he must have had knowledge in another place at another time to even yes. come up with that yes but I want to stress that this broadcast we're doing today isn't about Operation Sunbeam per se this is it, it is because it's the highest example and it's the one that Dr. King used when he gave this great teaching but it's, it can be applied to any aspect, every aspect of our life. So did you want to read on, Alison? Yes, I'll read the next extract. This is a short one. Operation Sunbeam was the result of one man coming before God and saying, God, use me. I hereby surrender myself unconditionally to your direction. Yes. So, I mean, I think one thing we can... Yeah, did you want to comment on that first, Alison? Um, no, I was wondering. Maybe I should read on a little bit. Well, no, what I was going to say, though, was this, is that you could certainly say that every cosmic avatar who's walked our planet, Jesus, Buddha, Sri Krishna, Moses, and so on, every one of them has unconditionally surrendered to God because you can guarantee they're not doing what they want to do that this isn't where they would like to be for their own benefit. They wouldn't come here at all if they operated that way. Well, but we no. had this incredible <laughs> insight uh, into when the three, and we've talked about this before actually on Ethereum Radio Live, when the three adepts were approached to come here and their souls leapt within them. And their souls leapt within them because they knew this was what God wanted. This is what their gods, their masters wanted but it was what god wanted they knew it was right it wasn't because they wanted to be here at no, all i'm sure not. Every, you know, every second of their existence was a, a second of sacrifice for them personally and it's yes. interesting that word sacrifice because it it does come up in this teaching very much so literally means to make holy it's from the latin and uh, people forget that um, also, you could apply that to the Ascended Masters, the Great White Brotherhood. I think you've done a, a broadcast on that, uh, Alison, yes, on I the Great did. White Brotherhood I did with, with Chrissy. Chrissy. Yeah, and Absolutely. of course, all of them. Yeah, uh, you know, as, you, as, as we've been told, they could all easily have left, and they would have had wonderful opportunities, and they'd have been freed in, from the terrible vibrations here and the limitations that they're under at the moment. You've only got to read the Seventh Freedom and compare it to the sixth freedom, and you can see what they are sacrificing every second of every day. But they volunteer to do it. Every one of them is a volunteer, and it's because they know 
that that is what God wants them to do. And it's not just a question of saying these words, I surrender myself unconditionally to your direction, it's a question of actually doing it. Absolutely. I mean, you know, talking about the ascended masters, where would we be without their presence on earth? Because they hold the balance of karma for the whole of the human race. Well, you know, weighed against all the negative karma that's generated around the world, which we're all familiar with. Yes, indeed. we, We owe them a great debt. And that goes without Certainly saying. Certainly we do. Did you wish to read on? Because it's a very interesting yes. uh, quote coming. These are different uh, extracts, by the way, and different parts of this book. And we've just picked the ones out that relate directly to unconditional surrender to God. Right. Next extract, then. There comes a turning point in the lives of us all. This is the focal point of your life, like the hub of a wheel. The finest wheel is useless unless it has a functional hub, and unless that hub is in the exact centre of that wheel. The turning point comes when you devote your life to God wholeheartedly, without reservation, without reservation, without any reservation. When you do this, all the powers, all the inspiration, and all the knowledge are yours. Absolutely. And and my goodness, that's powerful. And of course, Dr. King, I mean, he repeats that phrase without reservation, without reservation, without any reservation. And in the book, it's highlighted. Yes, in bold type. Indeed. And that sums him up. He He himself and anyone who knew him at all knows he had no conditions no limits at all and and he was a he could be a very tolerant man in in certain respects i mean there are things of the behavior of human beings and certain types of mistakes that people made including myself and others he didn't like them but he could be very forgiving but the one thing that he really couldn't abide was laziness i observed um and in fact um he wrote, uh, this is a, 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 something he wrote in a book called A Cosmic Message of Divine Opportunity. Because people would say to him, well, I haven't got time to do this, I haven't got time to do that. And he said this, he said, you've time to do it. You've time to attend your yes. church without failing once. This is his quote. You have time to heal. You have time to pray as never before. You have time to occasionally go into the silence. You have time to come out of the silence, inspired and fortified. You have time to choose a spiritual leader whose tongue is as unbendable as the sword of truth. You have time to follow this leader. You have time to give him your complete unfailing support, your prayers, your power and your physical help. Dear readers, you have a whole world of time. If only you have the courage to break away from enjoyment-seeking and laziness. It has been said that one of the greatest faults of mankind is hypocrisy. Laziness is just as much an evil. Those are the writings of Dr. King. And he, I mean, I can say that is how he saw it. He he had no, (laughs) I was going to say he had no time, but he really couldn't, he found it hard to comprehend the incredible laziness of the human race, because he was focused 24 hours a day he was on call up to the moment of his passing in July 1997. Well, you know, a lot of the terrible things that have happened in this world 
have been successful because of the inertia of the masses. Yeah, you know, you just have true. to look at the terrible atrocities of the Second World War. I mean, mm. people went along with it. They didn't stop to think about what was happening or, you know, was it right? They just well, carried on with their own lives. And, I mean, people today, they think, oh, well, if I do what I want, I'm going to use my free will, then I'm a mm. successful person. But mm. I'm afraid that if you're going to advance, sooner or later you're going to have to give up all attachment. You're going to have to surrender all your desires, all your wishes, and have no conditions attached to them if you are going to reach the higher state of consciousness. Exactly. And, and it's interesting that with Dr. King, he applied what is really a very ancient teaching, actually. He applied it, though, to the field of service, because in, in the traditional teachings, the Raja Yoga, Nani Yoga, Kundalini Yoga, and so on, the more contemplative paths, it would be called non-attachment. And yes. they to do, do it correctly, you'd have to have complete and total non-attachment, because with out it, they would have said, particularly in the writings of Sri Patanjali and the Raja Yoga schools, you would have had what they called a seed. And that yes. seed was going to stand between you and enlightenment until you, as they would put it, fried that seed uh, through burning it up. Uh, samadhi was, in a way, just a complete state of non-attachment. And Sri Aurobindo, for one, stressed this. He stressed surrender to God in order to find that state. Sorry, go on, yes. Alison. No, I think they called it Nirvikalpa Samadhi, yeah. which is yeah, the indeed. seedless Samadhi. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. And we might say cosmic consciousness, which, because you're then going beyond mind. But what's yes. different with Dr. King is he was talking about action. Uh, he was talking about people surrendering to whatever it was God wanted. You know, and a lot of people say, well, I, I'll serve. I, and, and that's great that they do serve, but I'll serve in the way I choose to. I'll serve in the way I like to. I'll serve in the way that motivates me, that I want to be my vocation. Not what God wants my vocation to be, what I want it to be. You know, and so you'll have people who do wonderful things, say, in the arts, or it, it might be in a certain fields of science, but they still, in some cases, have an attachment to those things. If you actually, if they turn to God, and as Dr. King says there, and, and basically say, God, what will you have me do? I surrender myself unconditionally to your direction. They would have to be willing not to do science, if necessary, not to do music, if necessary, not to do whatever it is, their writing or whatever they're pursuing. It's whatever God wants. And if that means some kind of hydraulic plumbing, which it may well not, <laughs> yes. but if it did, they would do that. And that is true unconditional surrender to God. Absolutely. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more. It's, it's having the right attitude. It's having the right attitude to your work. You do it with love for God. And that, in, that essence of karma yoga helps to focus your mind in the right way. And you'll, you'll start to focus on the higher things. Not, oh, what a menial job that I'm doing. Even mm. it's for a great cause. Indeed, and strangely enough, it's that kind of attitude that really leads to experiences of real peace and real joy and oneness. It's not pursuing the, necessarily our own interests, our own desires, unless those desires, and they might well be, fall in line with what God wants. If, we, if we're fortunate enough to want 
what God wants us to do, then we ha- then we are you know very very much on the road to enlightenment, and we'll experience this joy and this peace. And you remember that fantastic promise by the Master Jesus at the end of the ninth blessing. He said, "Act in my name in this way, and the reaction will be peace, and even something more, something greater than that." And I, yeah, I've often thought fantastic. about those lines, and I, and I, I think it must have something to do with unconditional surrender to God, with doing absolutely, being completely in tune with what God wants and knowing it. Well, it's interesting what you say, because if you're doing the right thing, whatever work it is, it's like activity. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Swami Vivekananda uh, spoke about that in his uh, treatise on karma yoga. And mm-hmm. he said, you will find peace in the midst of activity. Mm-hmm. And you'll find this peace because you are doing the right thing. You're doing what mm-hmm. God wants you to be doing at that moment in time. Indeed, and I think also so did Gandhi. Mahatma Gandhi said something very much along those lines. Anyway, I think we've come to that point, believe it or not, the halfway point, and we have to turn over to Nikki now for her excellently done announcements. Well, thank you so much, Richard and Alison. You are listening to A Serious Radio Live with your host, Richard Lawrence, as he shares his insightful thoughts about unconditional surrender to God with Alison Lawrence. The announcements are as follows. Every Saturday and Sunday, you are most welcome to join us in the live online 12 Blessings service. To find out more, please visit 12blessings.org. That's 12 in digits. I take this opportunity reminding those who are in the UK of the annual pilgrimage due to take place on Thursday, November 23rd, to Brown Willie on Bodmin Moor, Cornwall, to commemorate the giving of the Lord's Declaration through Dr. George King on this day in 1958. For more details, please visit our website, ethereus.org. At the Ethereus Temple in London, the events are Saturday, December 2nd, workshop with Mark Bennett, the practices of Ethereus, secrets, of spiritual well-being. Saturday, December 9th, workshop with Noemi Perkin and Jamie Bates. You too can heal. Please visit london-temple.org for more details. At the Michigan branch in Royal Oak, there are the regular activities. However, on Tuesday, December 12th, at 7.30, there is a class in the Mystic Secrets of King Yoga, taken by Gary and Chrissy Blaze at the Michigan branch. So please visit AsiriusMI.org for more details. 12. Midnight GMT, December 10th, sees the last hour of the fourth and final spiritual push for 2017. You are warmly invited to attend London, Los Angeles, Michigan, or any one of our visitors centers where services will be held to mark this potent time when the giant spacecraft we know as a third satellite leaves orbit of Earth, having flooded our world with a much-needed spiritual energy since November the 4th. As always, our website, Ethereus.org, has more information and details of the various publications and audio titles available on CD or download. Well, that's it for now. So I'm very pleased to return you to your host, Richard Lawrence, with Alison Lawrence. Thank you very much, Nikki. (laughs) Thank you, Nikki. So back to you then, Alison, for the next extract, I think. Right. One man came to God and said, 
God, use me. I hereby surrender myself unconditionally to your guidance. This is the turning point. It will lead to your salvation or keep you away if there is not that unconditional surrender. Thank you. Yes, that's a... Again, a no-nonsense. There's one thing about Dr. King. He didn't mince words. He said it as it was, whether it was popular or not popular. And that's, a, that's kind of reminiscent, isn't it, of a, of a quote that was perhaps possibly modelled on something that Shakespeare wrote? Yes, that's right. Uh, yes, uh, uh, this was delivered by Saint Guling, who's a very prominent member of the spiritual hierarchy of Earth. And this is what he said. There comes a tide in the affairs of man which, taken at the flood, can lead on to evolutionary fortune. Omitted, then the very apex of life is bypassed and the rivers run through the shadowy glades. That's right. That was, that was um, spoken in 1968. Did you want to comment on that, um, Alison? Well, I, what I would say is that when opportunities come, you have to take them. Because if you don't, nothing might happen initially, but the time will come when you'll regret having missed that opportunity. And mm -hmm. I'm afraid it will be that much harder to get back to that point where mm -hmm. you decided to walk away from such a great spiritual opportunity. And that's yes. actually reiterated by the Master of Theorius, and he's very definite about that. Yes. Um, there is a point uh, I'd like to make, and that is, if we support Dr. King's missions and his life work through his unconditional surrender, we too are surrendering ourselves. Obviously not to the same degree, because we're not nearly at, the, at his stage of e evolution, but mm -hmm. we are manipulating karma through our actions, True. And what greater service can there ever be than to help Dr. King in his mission uh, help some Mother Earth, which is the greatest thing we could ever do. And it's interesting, he, Dr. King gives the analogy of the two Buddhas. He said there is the Buddha who finds enlightenment in the cave and uh, is ready to leave Earth at any time when he reaches that pinnacle of experience. And then there's the other Buddha who's done the same thing but comes back into the world to help humanity who could leave the earth at any time but chooses to stay. And mm -hmm. I think that second Buddha is the greater one. Absolutely. And it's interesting that quote, by the way, just before we leave it, because it's, it is very much modelled and very close. I think it's improved, what St. Galing says, from the version in Julius Caesar yes. um, by Shakespeare, um, which is, I'll read the Shakespeare version, there is a tide in the affairs of men, which taken at the flood leads on to fortune, omitted all the voyage of their life is bound in shallows and in miseries. Now, Knowing Dr. King as I did, I think it's extremely unlikely that he knew that quote. I, I can't be dogmatic about that. But he wasn't a fan of Shakespeare. He didn't go to watch Shakespeare or read Shakespeare, as far as I know. Um, and yet it's very close. It's, there's certain improvements in the wording. Now, this is, a, I suppose, a technical point, but an interesting one. And I think St. Guling, you know, takes it to a 
uh, better. I think he, he talks about evolutionary fortune rather than just oh, fortune. Oh yes, and the very a- and rather than the vo- yeah, and rather than the voyage of their life, he talks about the apex of life is bypassed. So it, yes. it's a it's a very interesting change, but that's. That's a bit of a diversion. It's very relevant to the to the extract that you that you just read out, actually. Um, yes, absolutely. Alison. Yeah. This is the turning. It'll lead to your salvation. This is the turning point when you give yourself unconditionally to yes. uh, God's guidance. If you you pray for guidance, it will be given to you. But then, of course, mm. you should act upon it. And of course, we'll only really achieve full salvation when we become fully enlightened because that is full salvation i mean the cosmic plan is for the enlightenment and salvation of humanity and we'll only become enlightened paradoxically in these days when we dedicate ourselves to enlightening others Uh, and it does entail sometimes sacrifice of course as i mentioned earlier but that's unavoidable and it should be mentioned by every teacher It, it certainly isn't mentioned certainly in the New Age movement, I would say, by many teachers, actually, the need to sacrifice. They no, will they stress don't. the other things, you know, peace and bliss and fulfillment, all of which are part of the path as well, and they'll ignore the painful bits, and this makes them really a fake teacher because their they're, they're teachings as a whole, if they don't include that element, uh, the element of test, which must come on the true path, then you, you, I'm afraid you can use that as a... a, as a barometer to discriminate but they it's an old saying isn't it that you have to give in order to receive you know it's that Mm -hmm. it's that way round it's not well if you give me something then i'll think about uh, giving something back no no life isn't like that no but the thing about i was just going to say that if we do surrender ourselves unconditionally to god it means mm-hmm. that we'll start to love God in a way that we have never done before. And this is a true essence That's of true. Bhakti Yoga. Mm-hmm. That's true. And getting back to what I was saying about sacrifice, I would like to also make this very positive point, though, to balance this. Yes. That it isn't necessary to have painful experience, we are told. Most of us do have it in one way or another because we need it, but it can be avoided. And the sacrifice may not be necessary either, providing we're unconditional. So you can look at it that way. If we're unconditional, and I'll give you an example which I believe is a uh, a parable more than a historical event, by the way, and that's the example of Abraham in the Bible. Yeah, uh, and yes, the story absolutely. runs that he, you know, he was willing, and he had to be willing, and this sounds absolutely barbaric to us today, but he had to be willing to sacrifice his eldest son, Isaac, uh, to God. Uh, I know that sounds bizarre to a lot of people, but symbolically speaking, of course, it's, it's making what to, to a person in those days would have perhaps been their most cherished thing, their male heir, rightly or wrongly, and being willing to sacrifice it. And he was willing to sacrifice it. And when he was willing to sacrifice it, according to the story, he didn't have to. And I think it was a lamb came out of the thicket or something like yes, that. Yes, that's right. And he didn't have to do it. And that's, that is a true parable of this path, which is if we are unconditional, we won't necessarily need to learn through painful experience or through sacrifice the need to to give up various things. We are really willing to, and not just in theory, we really would do, 
Uh, that's complete adherence to the law of karma, and that's another way of describing unconditional surrender to God. You see, there's another point that I'd like to make about that. If yeah. we dedicate ourselves unconditionally, we're starting to take control of our own karmic pattern. We're manipulating yes. karma, which is very much what Dr. King was teaching us, that we can mm-hmm. change our karmic pattern. And uh, it's like we're at a, a crossroads and we're starting to really uh, to go along the spiritual path. And sooner or later the tests are going to come and we have to, we have to pass them. We have to pass every single test that's thrown at us. Absolutely. And we do that, and then we'll get rid, it will slowly dissolve, that's the best, better word, dissolve all negative karma. And when we've learned that lesson, we won't have to learn that again. No, and, and we also, move on. there's a positive aspect to it. Because even if it means giving up something that we want, that will then be given to us. And I just quote here from the Master Etherius, It is the law of the universe, you know, that whatsoever you reject is laid at your feet. This is the law of nature. If you, in great subtlety of realization, were to reject the powers and spend all your energy working for others in selfless fashion, the powers would be given unto you. You would develop great powers within yourself. I think that's uh, a, a wonderful thing for the master theorist to tell us, tremendously encouraging. I would stress this phrase, though, in great subtlety of realization. You can't just sort of say, well, I, I won't do any effort then because it will come to me. It's not that at no, all. It, no, what it, you, means, it has though, to be real. <laughs> it, it has to be real, and it means that you would, and you really would, be spending, making great efforts to develop yourself and your own powers, but you're sacrificing that in order to serve, uh, and then, of course, then, then it will, we're told, be laid at our feet. Yes, I know. It's, yeah, I think it's so inspiring to know mm. y- y- that these things are just the other side of that door, if you like, you know, beckoning mm. us onwards. Mm. It's a wonderful future awaits us <laughs> if we take the well, right step. Well, let's read on. Indeed. Yes. yes. <laughs> right. If we are to believe the Bible, Moses was cast out into the desert and he suffered greatly for a time until he had certain experiences. Then, according to the Bible, he was given the command, but he had to surrender himself unconditionally to his commanders. What really happened was that Moses already had experiences in another place at another time. He had not realized this until he was visited by a master from another planet who told him, in no uncertain terms, to pull himself together and to do certain jobs, which from that time onwards he did. Then Moses was given the knowledge and psychic powers necessary in order to perform his task in the right manner. I think that's very revealing, Alison, because the master there, in a way, could almost be talking about himself and the command that he received from the Master Etherius, and you could say an even greater command than Moses received uh, in terms of the mission, even greater. 
Um, and, you know, he, well, it's very revealing. He says, you know, he'd had, Moses has had experiences in another place and another time, but he hadn't realized it until he was visited by a master who told him to pull himself together and to do certain jobs. <laughs> and it has the ring of, you know, I've been there about it, the way the master tells that I felt. Yes. Um, and, of course, the practice that he was told to do, uh, and, and which came to him through the post virtually, um, uh, an appointment came to him anyway, and he, he met up with the person who could teach him, so, uh, somebody called Sri Nandi, who was in London at the time. He he did those practices, and he entered somatic trance, and of course, within 21 days, he he had the knowledge and the psychic powers, if you like, to be the medium for the Master Etherius. Now, I'm I'm quite sure that if someone else, had, and others did, come into contact with those practices they wouldn't have got those results in that time, probably not in that life, no, possibly absolutely. not for many lives. I but mean, he did, and I just want to stress this, because one thing of, he had practiced for 10 years before that, of course, but also because of he, who he was, but also because he surrendered himself unconditionally to God through the Master Etherius, who gave him the command, and to all the Cosmic Masters who used his voice. He... he absolutely fully unconditionally accepted the command when he was given it and that's extremely unusual on this planet well i mean also uh, at the the age i mean well 1954 i mean mm -hmm. it was very unusual for anyone to be practicing yoga the way dr king did i mean mm. did he practice eight hours a day for 10 years He'd I mean, done it up to up to then already. Yeah, he'd be yes, doing that. Yeah, I mean to yeah. gain the higher states of consciousness. Mm. So I mean that certainly is not uh, a laziness. I mean he really worked at it. He did, and, and then when he got the command, he surrendered himself unconditionally to it, didn't he? He had the right karmic magic, if you like, and that must also have come from his previous experiences, as he quotes, in another place at another time. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Let's read on. Right. When you make an unconditional surrender to God, the powers are always given, the way is always shown. What resources you need, not resources you want, but what resources you need will be available to you. I think that is so encouraging, actually. Um, what resources you need, not what resources you want, but what resources you need will be made available to you. Of course, we have to... It doesn't mean they'll necessarily be laid in front of us, we might, but, but there'll be a way provided for us to get whatever it is we need providing we've made that unconditional surrender to God. I, I think people can misunderstand that, and I've come across it over the years. Yes. They think, well, I'm, I'm doing the right thing, so therefore money will be taken care of, health will be taken care of, I don't need to bother. No, that's wrong. Uh, we have to bother, but there'll be a way, if we make the effort, where we can get the money we need, the health we need, the conditions we need to fulfill our, our mission, whatever it is, that God has determined for us if we, if we really unconditionally surrender ourselves. Yes, absolutely. But a pledge to God, if, if these powers and resources are given to you through your op opening up your soul to God, if you like, then you must never break that pledge. And uh, yeah. you're creating a certain karmic pattern by doing that. 
And, uh, I mean, it's, fan- it's a fantastic opportunity. I mean, mm-hmm. it shows that there's far more to life. If you pray to God to give you the help you need so that you can help in your service or you're in helping mm. the world or whatever action you're doing in that respect, mm. you have to then fulfill that. Indeed. And I think another thing, another resource you might even say as well, is skill and ability. If you're doing what you're meant to be doing, what God wants you to be doing, uh, and you really apply yourself to it, it's amazing what skills you can develop, ones that aren't really natural to you at all. And those that are natural to you, you can take to an amazing level. And in, in certain cases through history, people have become absolute geniuses in certain fields. And part of the reason for that is they're following their destiny. They're following what they're meant in that life to be doing. And then they get, if you like, it's a kind of a resource, but certainly it's a skill they need uh, through effort absolutely through effort oh yes but it's available to them and they you know there are people in history who when they were young they weren't they didn't seem like much they didn't seem to be that talented they and then suddenly they find their thing the thing they're meant to do and they can become absolutely incredible incredibly skilled at it but you know if you can do one thing well you can do everything well true because you're you're applying your mind and your concentration and you may be used to applying your mind in a certain way so you get a great Mm -hmm. artist or a great musician or someone who's really good at science but it's that same application in another sphere of activity and you can definitely develop that it's almost like the renaissance approach to skill and activity and I think we should we should look at our life that way and how we can develop the skills necessary, as you just said, to help yeah. in our work for God. And certainly Dr. King looked at it that way and it was extremely empowering and encouraging because he if he saw somebody had a certain type of ability and it certainly was you know, I found it myself because I didn't have when I met him at all any kind of technical ability and I still wouldn't claim to be a technician, but he, when he could see certain things that I could do, he had no doubt at all that I could therefore do certain, to a certain level anyway, other things, exactly, technical that, things, yes, whatever yes. is required. And it's, it's, I mean, Vivekananda said, he's known as saying, Swami Vivekananda, if you can't cook, you can't meditate. I Absolutely. mean, it's that all application. That's it. And yeah, anyway, yeah, we must go on because we have <laughs> a lot right. still to get oh, through yes. here. Mm. Right, this is the next quote. Can you see what fantastic power and wisdom can be tapped by he who unconditionally surrenders himself to God's direction? I do not know what is keeping you back. I do not know why you have held back from an unreserved commitment for so long. I do not know why some of you are holding back from joining the greatest organization on earth. There is only one way to judge an organization, and that is by results. Would you like to comment on that, Alison? Yes, most definitely. Um, It's uh, what I was saying before. You have to take an opportunity when it's presented to you. But there is a quote that also from uh, this great master, Saint Guling, And, you know, he also can't understand why, you know, more people 
are not joining the greatest organization on earth that's achieved the most fantastic results for the world as a whole. And this is what he said. No man upon terror has ever or can ever work while he is upon terror for a higher order than that which inspires the Aetherius Society. You are indeed fortunate and privileged to be allowed to work in cosmic company. You would do well to remember this until it burns into your very souls. Amazing statement. Incredible is, statement. You know, no when I came across that, it, was, it's just a, it is amazing. There we are, cooperating with satellite number three. I mean, in the past, people didn't have access to such knowledge. And it's something we can't take for granted. You know, there, there are beings far greater than us just waiting to help us. You know, the Master of Theories has said, we're waiting to serve you. Mm-hmm. You know, and our the Master of Theories is begging us to cooperate. I mean, you know, I, I think it's, it really affected me <laughs> when I read that. Yes, and I think, you know, that, that here we have a, a little insight into what the Master really, really felt and really believed, because... You know, we are not a recruiting organization, and we know, frankly, it doesn't work anyway, even if we try to, and we don't try to, because we don't interfere with anyone's free will. It's entirely up to them, and they should only come here if they believe in it and wish to do so. But here, he's absolutely throwing down the gauntlet in a way and and really appealing, and, and you can see his alien psychology, just the curtains drawn back, and he has no idea. To him, it's absolutely absurd uh, that people uh, and, and mystifying really that people could come across the Ethereum society and not want to join it. it it's inexplicable to him there's never been anything like it and St. Guling has confirmed that there yes there, there, there is no path available like it <laughs> and I, I know I now sound like I'm trying to recruit people I'm not <laughs> I'm just expressing what the masters say and certainly I feel it and of course people form their own conclusions but it's such an incredible organization and as he says there I do not know what is keeping you back I do not know why you've held back from an unreserved commitment for so long I mean, it must have been painful, and it was painful for him, just to witness. I mean, he had people who'd come up to him, say, in his tour. I was talking to uh, the late Lady Monique King about this when I was in America in May. And people would come up to him, you know, on, on his tour of America and sort of express great devotion and, and, and total... I mean, I've had people come up to me after a lecture and say, right, this is what I've been looking for all my life. It makes complete sense. This is what I'm going to do. And sometimes you see them again, and sometimes you never see them again. And this must have happened to Dr. King over and over again. And they, they were so keen and, and following him around and going to his lectures, and then they drifted off. And, and on Earth, we're quite used to that. That's what people do. People do what they want to do in the end, whatever they believe, whatever they think on this planet. But to him, it was absolutely, must have been very difficult just to assimilate. Uh, And I sense a certain disappointment, really, from him, that in the end, after all that effort he put out on that tour, and his main reason was to do Operation Starlight, to charge certain mountains, but in the end he basically had that same small team that he started with 
Um, and it's, it's, uh, to him, it must have been just insane, really. You see, people are just satisfied with their lives as they are. They like the status quo. They like uh, you know, just doing the thing that everybody does, having a nice holiday. And uh, they, they find this sort of thing, maybe it disturbs them. But uh, mm. I'm afraid nothing remains the same. You know, no, you cannot no. you cannot expect the status quo to remain because karma is such, you know, that you will be taught that you have to do something more with your life. Mm-hmm. You cannot Absolutely right. Sense. Absolutely right. Now, Alison, we're sort of running out of time. Yes. Oh, um, of course, I, yes. I, I, think, I think we should skip, if we could, if you go to your final quote, skip the next two, and we've got time just to do that final quote, which is on... Uh, the final page, starting, yes, you can have okay. great inspirations. Yes, I've got yeah. it, yes. Yeah. Right. Okay, so I'll read that quote. You can have great inspirations, but to get them means unconditional surrender to working, not praying only, but working in a very practical way for God. Then things happen to you. You bring into active manifestation inspirations and powers which you did not realize that you possessed, although they were latent within you all the time, but it takes a trigger to bring them to the fore. That's right, and that trigger, of course, is unconditional surrender to God, which brings to an end our series of six keys of King Yoga. I'm not saying they're the only six by any means, they're the six we've focused on over the last few months on Ethereus Radio Live. And then, of course, next month we'll be talking about a more of a Christmassy theme. And we're going to be talking about, and I do love this phrase, and we'll explain where it comes from in the, bro- in the broadcast, um, unmodified peace. That's coming up next month. Thank you very much, Alison, for, for appearing you. on Ethereum Radio Live. That was a, I really enjoyed our metaphysical discussion. And I we'll hope carry on people... over dinner. Yes. Right. <laughs> and, and over to Nikki. Right, well, thank you so very much, Richard and Alison, wow, for sharing your deep insights and giving us food for thought and a fascinating show. You've been listening to A Theories Radio Live, which is your cosmic connection the third Tuesday of each month. The next show will be on December 19th, when Richard and Chrissy will be talking about unmodified peace. For more information... For more information on the fascinating facts and publications such as the Nine Freedoms and Operation Sunbeam, God's Magic in Action, please visit Ethereus.org. You can connect with Chrissy Blaze and Richard Lawrence by visiting their respective websites, chrissyblaze.com and richardlawrence.co.uk. We hope you enjoyed the show and look forward to being with you next month.